The drive-through is GTM's monthly news episode and is sponsored in part by organizations like hpdejunkie.com, Hooked on Driving, AmericanMuscle.com, CollectorCarGuide.net, Project Motoring, Garage Style Magazine, and many others. If you are interested in becoming a sponsor of the drive-through, look no further than www.gtmotorsports.org. Click About and then Advertising. Thank you again to everyone that supports Grand Touring Motorsports, our podcast, Break Fix, and all the other services we provide. Hello, and welcome to another installment of The Drive Through. This is Brad, your host. With me, as always, is Eric. Hello. And we've got Tanya as well. Hi. As you may know, The Drive Through is our monthly recap where we've put together a menu of local, racing, and random car Jason news. So now I think it's time to switch to our fan favorite section of the drive-through, a section we call Would you like some fries with that? Where we've scoured the world looking for the best in car adjacent news. So what's first? It's always the best, but it's always interesting. (laughs) I think it should be called Florida Man. That's what we originally called it. I think it should stay. Flo- the next section is Florida Man. Well, well, there's a quote that goes with it. That's what the next line is. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna use Tanya's thing and then go ahead. <laughs> because every every good story seems to start with a Florida man. So I'm gonna start with a Florida man sets his car on fire driving with a candle. I really like this story. Now, before I break it down, I want to just say nobody was hurt, thankfully. Um, I think the only injury was obviously to this man's vehicle and his pride and ego and whatever else goes along with that. But Can I ask you a question before you dive into this? It's a Chevy Malibu, so who really cares? It's not much of a loss. No, no, no. I wonder, because he's driving with a candle, and you guys are going to hear about this on a later episode. Was he trying to recreate the ambiance of the night scene in Gone in 60 Seconds. <laughs> I, think he, I think he was on a date. <laughs> well, let's break it down here and let's see what we think when we get to the end of this. Okay. Who is this Florida man? I don't, I don't remember. I'm going to leave the nameless nameless, okay? See if I'll, I can get this with a straight face. So, a man was driving with a scented candle in his car. At this point, okay, I'm more interested in why it's a scented candle than just What, what candle. is the scent? What's the flavor? What flavor candle is that? Black ice, like you get at Track Auto. <laughs> See, I want to know how bad does this guy's car smell that a pine cone air freshener from the corner gas station wasn't enough, okay? He needed a scented candle, okay? Candle tips over, ignite some paperwork. Who Probably divorce papers. <laughs> Who manufactured this candle that it tipped over, didn't snuff itself out, and then ignited paperwork? Yankee candle. <laughs> Probably. They make some good candles. Also, where was this candle that you didn't see it fall over? Subsequently, ignite paperwork that you couldn't put the fire out very quickly. It was in the back seat for safety. Also, was there accelerant on this paper? Because I don't know how it lit this quickly. We read Fahrenheit 451, temperature which a book burns. Now, the man pulls over, grabs a trash can, goes in search of water. <laughs> At the risk 
of minor burns, why would you not grab the paperwork, chuck it out the car, or I don't know, grab the floor mat, start beating the flames to put it out? Like, at what point do you decide that <laughs> there's a trash can? No, let me go find water. Well, so, that's what you need the candle for because you keep putting trash water in your car. So he presumably returns, I don't know, with water or not in this trash can, but the car is engulfed in flames. He returned with marshmallows. <laughs> Maybe. Again, the, the car is, in, I want to know, where was this candle? But more importantly, who made this extraordinary candle that lit this car on fire? basically the article but even further i'm left with what do you say when you call up the insurance company i'll just leave it there i mean the candle excuse has been used for every meth lab explosion on the east coast that i know of so maybe this was like the scene from breaking bad it's you know it's an rv and i don't know i mean from the picture the candle was in the front (laughs) okay it looked like it was in the front passenger seat so I don't, I just can't even imagine. Only in Florida. I mean, yeah, only in Florida. And, and scientists have, uh, I, I, no, I have to say it this way. Statistics have shown that people flatulate up to 14 times a day. So maybe this guy spent a lot of time in his car and therefore the candle was a necessary evil uh, in order to survive. <laughs> I, I don't think he has to say anything to the insurance company. I think when they look up his record and see Florida man, I don't think, I think they're just going to write it off. I think they've got a whole special department for Florida residents. 100%. Mean so, public service announcement, listeners, please, you know, do not drive with candles lit. Buy, buy that black ice. I imagine seeing that on the uh, digital board going down uh, 695 next week. <laughs> All right. So, and you know, bless this man's heart because he had the best intentions. It just weren't really advisable, safe legal i don't know but a florida man steals and that's a strong word maybe but steals a downed power pole puts it on his like 1990s vintage camry somehow straps a down power pole to the top of his camry and tries to go to a recycling center recycle it but they got but got turned away excuse me Yes, so that's why I said he had the best of intentions here. Wait, 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 wait. Before we get to the recycling center, is this like that meme that's been on the internet since since Al Gore created it, or sorry, since the internet was created, where it's the Jetta at Home Depot and it's weighed down by like six feet of plywood? Is this the scene I am picturing in my head with this Camry and a telephone pole strapped to it? He was driving around town, so clearly it wasn't too heavy for the Camry. It definitely, you can see that Camry's slightly weighted down, nowhere near as bad as, as that Home Depot Jetta. <laughs> so do, do telephone poles bring in a lot of money at the recycling center? I mean, maybe it was a metal recycling center. They weigh by the pound. Well, wait, wait. It's a metal telephone yes. pole? It's not a wooden one? No, it's metal. Because my next question was going to be, how are we recycling wood? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a metal one, which apparently... It's a light pole. Yes, it's like a light pole. Oh, okay, okay. A tall, freaking light pole, which is, I don't know how he got it onto the Camry. He hit it and it fell on. (laughs) Maybe that's what happened. And then he just got some straps and just, yeah. So it was already laying on the car 
gets in the trunk and pulls out a ratchet strap and Got tries the, the recycle center. Not even ratchet straps. I don't even know. This is like wire. String. <laughs> it's got to be that that like IKEA twine crafting know? string bless, <laughs> from Michael. Bless this seventy-one-year-old man's heart. Wait, what? I mean, the story. There's so many layers to this onion. <laughs> oh, please continue. I mean, I mean, we're gonna deep. We're gonna deep fry this blooming onion. In a minute. <laughs> I mean, there's so many questions. How did a seven-year-old man get the pole on top? Is of he him? Hercules? <laughs> he's like the he's like that guy from Seinfeld, the the one guy's dad who kept getting in a competition, right. a lifting right. competition. Which flea market was this at? Daytona I Beach. I don't know. Okay, look, just after 11 a.m. Whenever this was early. Broad daylight. Broad daylight. 11 a.m. on a Monday. The authority spotted the 1997 Toyota Camry. I'm glad they got the year right. And the state troopers arrested the seven-year-old man, and they recovered the utility pole. It was a light pole, whatever. I don't know. He tried to do the right thing. He tried to recycle it, okay? I think he hit it on his way to the NASCAR race, and he, instead of, instead of just leaving it on the side of the road, he tried to return it to the only public facility he knew of the recycling center. I don't know. There's a lot going on here. I just, I just have the grand theft. So it's like, wait, is there a lot of copper wire in those poles? <laughs> I, I just have this vision of a Camry going down the highway with a now a metal telephone pole, not a, not a wooden one on the roof. And as he's making the off ramp, it hits the guardrail and it's scraping the whole way down the ramp, right? Because I mean, a light pole's really tall, right? I'm like, how does this work? And then he goes back to get the guardrail. There's a link. You can see a still shot of the light pole on the Camry with a tow truck right in front. Because I don't know how it would fit. Like they're gonna like tow this guy away. Like I don't know how that's all fitting together on this tow truck. But hey, I mean, it's sticking out, like. Probably six. Probably twenty off feet. The back of the Camry. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I mean, too much eggnog. All right, that's all I know. Tis that's all season. I know. Tis the season. So Tanya, tell us about the next Florida man. Oh, so he had another Florida man, and this is very annoying. Okay, he gets four million dollars in COVID PPP and buys a Lambo. Now, I, this whole time, have misunderstood what the Paycheck Protection Program was for because it's apparently for buying a Lamborghini Huracan and not for paying your employees during the time of COVID. Like this jackass. <laughs> Just gonna say it. I mean, it's, it's utterly disgraceful. In a time like now where people are under real crisis, they're without jobs, small business owners are struggling to make ends meet, to pay their employees. You've got this guy defrauding the Paycheck Protection Program for $4 million. And he was shooting for way higher than that $4 million, okay, to support his alleged four businesses. And I'm wondering, again, if the missing link, what, what we don't know, is that one of his businesses was to drive around the Lamborghini Huracan, maybe. But that still only falls under marketing expense in that I, I don't, that you had, the way the paycheck, paycheck protection plan worked is you had to spend at least 75% on your payroll costs, which included health insurance and taxes and stuff like that. And it leaves you with a million bucks if it's 75%, right? That's good enough to buy a Lamborghini or- Correct, correct. But that means he doesn't get to write all, or he can't- 
get that million dollars forgiven for that hurricane. I mean, apparently it was a $318,000 hurricane, so I don't know what they actually go for, but. Slap some vinyls on the side of that thing. It's marketing, baby. And I will say that it was dirt simple to get approved for the PPP loans. I'm an accountant and I've had to do this for a couple clients and they don't ask for, I mean, they ask for some information, but you basically fill it out yourself. You go through your bank. And if you've got a good relationship with your bank, they don't look, they don't ask questions. They just say, Oh, you're approved. Here you go. That's unfortunate. I mean, it, he, is, it wasn't it just is. a Lamborghini either. I mean, he was buying lots of other like high end luxury items. Um, with a million bucks to spend, of course. But what I want to know is what type of candle did he buy for his name? <laughs> what, what scent do you think it came in? See, uh, see that's going to be the, that's going to be the next article. Florida man burns Lamborghini to get rid of evidence. I'm, I'm thinking, it smells like donkey. Yeah, I was going to say, does it come in shit bag? It smells like jackass. I mean, he, he was caught. He's facing serious criminal charges, as, as he it's should fraud. be. Bank fraud, falsifying, you know, statements to a lending institution, engaging in transactions with unlawful proceeds. It's, it's, it's serious. It's a million-dollar fine and 30 years in prison. So, I mean, hope that was worth it. This reminds me of that story a few years ago where another Florida man bought that Bugatti Veyron uh, and tried to sink it in the... I guess in the intercoastal because he didn't have the money uh, to cover the loan or whatever. So he tried to do insurance fraud. So we're black, back to Florida and not, you know, there's a lot of nice fine people in Florida. We're not trying to, you know, poke fun at Floridians. Um, there's, there's crazy people in every state in every part of the world that do some very crazy things. And, you know, this just happens, and again, it's another Florida man, and, you know, he wanted a Porsche, he wanted a 911 Turbo, and, you know, perhaps he didn't have the 140 grand for it, but he had the $75 for a home printer. <laughs> so, you know, what do you do? I mean, you just print a cashier's check for 140 grand and you walk into the dealer and you buy yourself a 911 turbo makes total sense and then seems seems legit three rolexes with more printed checks and then of course because you bought a 75 dollar printer and i don't know if you bought a 75 dollar printer um you get caught <laughs> and you get arrested and you very likely go to jail for fraudulent activities and check forging and all sorts of good stuff so needless to say he was caught short-lived i hope he enjoyed the the two days he had 9-11 i mean there is all sorts of wrong with this equation from not just the printing of the check but the people that accepted it the dealership and everything else i mean it's just mind-boggling and again not trying to single out florida because but the stuff that goes on down there you can't you can't make this up i mean <laughs> What maybe it was a really good printer? I don't know. I mean, usually the cashier's checks and things of that. I mean, checks in general, I mean, have certain marks, watermarks. They they use them. they use a special magnetic ink. There you go. And so you but so again, it all comes full circle. You take apart the etch a sketch to use the parts to repair your Cybertruck. Use the magnet aluminum magnetic powder inside the etch a sketch to make your your check that you bought the printer from Best Buy so you can go buy your Sony Vision S. You see it all, it's all full circle. It's turtles all the way down from here. And then with your Best Buy rewards points, you can turn around and buy the PlayStation 5, 
put in your seventy-digit ass. There you go. We have connected all the dots now. So what else is going on in Florida? Anything? So this one is quite good, and it's worth a look at the image. So it's a very short article, and our southern friends at Wink News, Southwest Florida's leading news, posted this article about a Florida man seen on video riding on the hood of a truck down a busy highway. And I would like to point out that it's not just a truck, like ain't no Ford F-150 or Chevy. This is a freaking semi-truck, okay? <laughs> he, and according to the picture, he's only wearing underwear. He's sunbathing. I noticed that too. I was like, wow. At least I hope it's underwear and not blurred out. But at any rate, it's probably it's totally great underwear. So a Florida man went, and I'm going to read this article. Florida man went for a nine mile ride down a busy highway, but in a highly unusual fashion on the hood of a tractor trailer. The South Florida Sun Sentinel reported that the unidentified man climbed onto the hood Saturday after stopping his vehicle along Florida's turnpike and walking out onto the highway. The Florida Highway Patrol says the tractor trailer driver continued on down the road as the man clung to the hood and began pounding on the windshield with his fists and his forehead. Eventually, a trooper stopped the tractor trailer and took the man into custody. He was committed for a 72-hour mental health evaluation under the state's Baker Act. No serious injuries were reported. Maybe I would he... like to say, if he has a mental health issue, that that's nothing to make fun of, and I hope he gets the help that he needs, because that's very serious. That aside, what the hell was the tractor, tractor trailer driver doing? Like, why did you keep going for nine miles? That guy, that guy was standing his ground. Maybe, Florida's got that stand your ground law. I bet that's what he was doing. Maybe they were reenacting the scene from Indiana Jones where he crawls up from underneath of the Nazi you know, military truck and then ends up on the windshield. Maybe it's the sequel to Lost Bullet 2. Or maybe it's a rebirth of Gone in 60 Seconds. I, and I know the listeners haven't heard these episodes yet, but they are coming. And believe me, they're amazing. So who knows? There's crazy people all over the world. And this next one brings us across the pond to a London woman who fell out of a car onto a busy highway, highway while filming a Snapchat video. I agree with the police. It truly is lucky that she wasn't seriously injured or killed or let alone somebody else be traumatized by hitting her on the highway. But think of the views. <laughs> but the best, the best part of the article. Quote, and I assume this is in response to a Twitter post from the London police. Asked by a user if officers explained the dangers of the attempt to the woman, the police replied, every chance they worked it out before we spoke to them about it. This wasn't the first time this woman dangled out of a car on the highway trying to do Snapchat videos. Dumb AF. I mean, Was it the first time she fell out? <laughs> <laughs> Those are all on TikTok instead. So, you know, 
she was doing some stupid, you know, happy hands dance. Like she's doing the fl- she's doing the floss like out the window of the car. Kiki, do you love me? Are you riding? Let me fall out on the freeway. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's rich. Wow. I mean, it, we know no bounds when it comes to this sort of stuff. Whew. Thank you to the world for 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 giving us this. Man, what's the equivalent of the Darwin Awards in the automotive world? That's what we're what we got going on here. How did this Florida woman make it to the UK? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, maybe she could have taken a ride on the front of a tractor trailer like the guy from last month. I mean, you know, it all comes full circle. There's so many ways that this dramatization could end. I I, I can't explain this one at all. I I will say there was some other crazy stuff that happened in Florida this past month. It involved inebriation, golf carts, and riding lawnmowers. And the riding lawnmower was going down the highway. (laughs) (laughs) So public service announcement, please do not operate any sort of motorized vehicle under the influence of drugs or alcohol. Period. Full stop. But with that being said, I can explain our next story, which is a square body hauls 32,000 pounds of logs. What's a square body? Shame it. Yeah. <laughs> and I tell you what, I started watching this video and I got about 30 seconds in and my brain started to melt. Right. And then I realized, man, Mountain Man Dan is going to be so proud of this. So I got to watch this video because it involves square bodies. And I'm like, all right, I'm in it. And then I realized it's 20 minutes long. And I'm like, I'm like, holy cow, where are we going? So the moral to the story is if you want to understand the phrase more money than brains, this video pretty much summarizes that sentiment. He can't have that much money. He's got a square body. All right, hold up. He bought a retired fire truck, bright red, all the decals on the side, paid 15 grand for a square body and it's mint lifted. I mean, they showed pictures of it underneath. All the parts have been replaced, manual transmission, rebuilt 350, all this stuff. I mean, this truck, this truck was ready to go. Yeah. Ain't nothing to look at. It's a square body. I mean, if you're a fan of them, if you're a fan of a brick with wheels, fine. It is what it is, but I'm looking at this thing for, for what it is being as, as old as this, it's a great truck, 15 grand, maybe a little bit much to spend on it. And then this guy, younger gentleman, he decides, well, we did a test on another episode where we wanted to see how much a Ford F-150 diesel or whatever it was could tow to its absolute limit. And apparently this gentleman is not a fan of the square body. And he tells you that pretty much within the first minute of the video. And he says, I want to prove or disprove whether or not these trucks are really all that they're cracked up to be because square body owners are religious. As we know, Mount Mandan is those trucks can do anything. They can go anywhere. There will be one in space next to the Tesla Roadster, you know, in, in several years, I'm sure it'll be, it'll be flying rust though, but you know, Hey, whatever.
So another um, interesting little piece of news for three people that probably care, the Tesla Roadster that's out there in orbit somewhere uh, is close to Mars and moving on. No, just kidding. Uh, I don't know who really cares about this. I guess it's a fun fact. Um, To throw some fun facts, it's traveled 1.3 billion miles since it was launched and it's approximately 37 million miles away from the planet earth so it's going to be a very long time before it's ever back sort of sort of close to earth and even then you won't be able to see it um with you know high power telescope or anything like that so at least not one not not a personal one at least and it did this on a single charge Oh man. Um, just because you can doesn't mean you should. I still don't understand the point of the whole thing, but hey, it's out there being space junk. So moving on. And speaking of just because you can does the bumper fall off should. when it collects moisture in space? <laughs> Is there moisture in space? <laughs> dun dun dun. So with that being said, he decides okay, I'm going to make sides for the bed and I'm going to fill it with firewood. Cool. I was like, well, to me, that doesn't seem like, that does not seem like 16 tons of wood. Nope. That was to level the bed with the roof so that he could then proceed to put logs, telephone poles, and all sorts of trees on top of the truck and then strap it down with chains to the body and see how far he could drive. Once they realized they had forward motion in the truck, then it was time to destroy the truck and do all sorts of crazy things. So I'm not gonna spoiler alert, but you need to watch the video and watch it through the end because there's even stuff in the outtakes of the video uh, that are just mind bogglingly stupid. (laughs) But I will say, it has left me with a new impression of the square body. Those trucks are amazing. I would say they're right up there with the Toyota Hilux. You cannot kill one uh, as hard as these guys try, uh, it, but you will lose brain cells by the end of that 20 minute period. It is absolutely bonkers. But it did, it did, it did lead me into another question though, because I, as I was thinking about it, I wanted to know, square body you know, was famous, was made famous by Lee Majors, the fall guy, right? Two-tone, square body flying through the air every episode, right? Because he was like the Magnum PI with the pickup truck. And it got me thinking, because we were talking about the other day, Mr. T and trailer and vans and this and that, you know, you had the 18 van. John Voight drove a LeBaron and there's other celebrities that drive all sorts of weird cars. And it got me thinking, what does Mr. T drive as a streetcar? So in a quick round of what should I buy? What do you guys think? What does Mr. T drive as his daily driver? I thought he drove the Vandora van. Buick Roadmaster. <laughs> <laughs> so I just found a picture of him in a ZR1, if it's true. So there you go. Maybe he has a Corvette. Boom. What, so is it a C4 ZR1? It's only him in the door. There you go. That is true. Mr. T drives a Corvette. So how do you like that? Right. I am. I want to know what body style as well, because he's a big dude. So maybe that you can put a big man in a little car. Right, Brad? You can wedge anybody into anything. Apparently, Matt keeps telling me you can fit me into a Miata. I don't believe it, but (laughs) stranger things have happened. 
Do we want to talk about Sturgis or do we want to just leave it where it sits? I mean, uh, I don't know. All I was, so, I mean, we, we might be remiss without you know, a little bit of COVID car adjacent news, I suppose. Um, it, I think we're all aware because it was in the news uh, quite a bit leading up to the event, during the event, after the event, the Sturgis, uh, the yearly Sturgis motorcycle rally. Um, a lot of people were very concerned prior to this event taking place that it was going to be bringing, you know, thousands of people that weren't going to be socially distant and using masks, et cetera, et cetera. Lo and behold, that's exactly what happened at the event. Um, and then, you know, the bigger headlines were 250,000 cases of, you know, the coronavirus because of the Sturgis rally. And, you know, that, that got people excited. And then there was some, you know, fact-checking. Well, you know, really probably wasn't 250,000. That was really a number that was just kind of generated from uh, predictions of what, you know, the worst case could be. At the end of the day, I none of us really know what the true numbers are, and I haven't been following it that closely. I I think it's it's probably accurate to say that you know COVID was probably brought to this small town of South Dakota if it wasn't already there as a result of this um, event. Um, I'm sure that you know it wasn't zero cases, probably wasn't 250,000. Who knows? But nonetheless, you know. We're still in this thing, whether you want to believe it exists or not, we all got to do our part um, so we can get through it. So just, just be mindful of that. All right. All right. So I've got a question. So we're still in an age of remakes, sequels and all that, right? You'd agree yeah. with that? We're still of living in this, in this age. So who thinks it's time for a Ben-Hur redo? <laughs> what? Ben-Hur brought into modern times. Fast and the Furious Ben-Hur edition. I think you mean Ben Harley. Oh. Ooh, I like it. So I know this sounds ludicrous. <laughs> and what am I talking about? And nobody wants to see horse chariot racing because if no one's familiar with Ben-Hur, <laughs> that was the, the, what the movie was about. Roman times and chariot races and all that. But what if in this modern remake of Ben-Hur, it was motorcycle chariot racing? What? So they're riding motorcycles being pulled by horses? I don't get it. No, they're riding a chariot wagon thing being pulled by motorcycles. Wait a minute, how does that work? (laughs) I don't know, honestly, how this can possibly work. Is this legit? This is legit. Apparently, this was a popular form of motorsport in the 1920s and 30s kind of around the world and this is the first I've heard of it so you can look this up there's an article there's lots of vintage pictures in there of these people literally in in the, in the chariot wagon and and they've got straps attached to the throttles on these motorcycles and apparently that's how they're controlling I and guess that's steer- how and steering I imagine because I I don't think they were just going in a straight line and, you know, they talk about, you know, the really adventurous guys would have more than one motorcycle. And I'm like, there was a picture of like a dude with like three motorcycles in front of his little chariot wagon. In, I mean, on a scale of what to dumb as fuck. <laughs> I mean, this is pretty far on the dumb AF side. <laughs> wow. I, 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 think you're, I, I think you're wrong. This is clearly from The Onion. 
This can't be real. I mean, this just reinforces that motorcycle riders are on a completely different planet than the rest of us. I, I, you know, I didn't do, you know, in fairness, I didn't do a lot of fact checking around this, but, you know. It originated in Florida. (laughs) Oh, jeez. It might have. I mean, these look like legit photos. Um, Unbelievable-facts.com has this article on motorcycle chariot racing was a real sport in the 1920s and 1930s. Not well known. And then they have, I think at the end of the article, they've got some more modern age uh, photos. People, people still doing this, apparently. They got, these guys got a West Coast chopper style motorcycle pulling their little chariot wagon thing. Oh. I mean, uh, whatever. <laughs> Let's move on from that. Because isn't Wait, that... There's a video. There, you know, I didn't watch the video. I'm watching it now. There's a video and it works. <laughs> I will watch the video after this. I did not. I was too too beside myself to own <laughs> this by watching <laughs> His face is priceless. Based on Brad's face, this is going to be the greatest thing you watch all night. I'm going to snap that out. That's the cover photo of this month's episode. Oh. Just Brad like... So, it's a 30 second video. Wow. That's all we need. <laughs> we think that's crazy. Well, we can go to, to a crazier town because there is. <sighs> what could possibly go wrong speeding around well in excess of 100 miles an hour on public highways in an 1100 horsepower DIY Audi RS3? What could go wrong? Nothing. Sounds legit. I think absolutely nothing could possibly go on, go wrong, street racing on a highway with your 1100 horsepower. It's all bolt-ons. They're under warranty. It I, says home built. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> well, we got to do something now that Garrett's declared bankruptcy, right? You can build your own turbo. So I'm going to cut right to the chase on this one. A brake line breaks on this car that's doing almost 150 miles an hour. Brake fluid obviously spews out onto the hot brakes, which then ignite, okay? Um, and essentially, by the time they get the car stopped, because then they didn't have any brakes, the whole freaking thing goes up in flames because a fuel line melted and then the freaking everything catches on fire, basically, at this point. I, 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 I mean, I... I <laughs> Like, there's a video because these guys were GoProing this whole thing, and they were they were street racing. They there was other people in um, McLarens and and the GTR, this that and the other, and they were doing hot pulls on the highway and all those shenanigans that you shouldn't be doing. Um, and so there's footage of the in car and the dialogue between the driver and the passenger, and then there's some later GoPro footage of the other people that saw the car sparks and smoke coming out of it, but. I do imagine that it must have been pretty terrifying to be going that fast, have smoke start coming into the car, and then realize that you don't have any brakes. But these people were buffoons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. And, uh, and also, I want to know, did something else happen besides the brake failure? Because at one point, the passenger asks, can you turn the motor on and downshift? presumably, you know, engine slow down the car, engine brake, right? To which the driver answers, no, it's dead. So if initially the brake line broke, 
the super hot brakes because you keep doing these hot pulls and you're slowing down from 150 and you ignite your brakes why the hell can't the car start like why it's an the audi stall? <laughs> it was, the brakes are tied into the ecu got it um, <laughs> <laughs> it burned a ground wire somewhere and <laughs> who knows i mean or something else happened i don't know like what was claimed was that the, the brake line was the initiating factor da, 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 da. so they had that conversation about turning the car on they can't turn the car on Shortly after in the GoPro in-car footage, you see the passenger door has opened they're, and they're still going. They're going quick. Okay. And you hear this scraping noise <laughs> in the video. Yes. We're trying to Fred Flintstone this thing. <laughs> <laughs> and at least the response was accurate. My foot, not going to do shit. <laughs> you're damn right it's not at like 60 miles an hour or how fast you still were going at this point you're gonna break your foot my goodness he needs a mike crutchfield 14 triple e or whatever to stop that car wow all right then the next thing we hear i don't want to put you into the wall to which i'm assuming it's the driver talking to his car and not concerned about like you know the passenger side the passenger going into the wall um, but honestly, I think at this point, that's probably what I would have done in this situation. Well, I would have been in this situation to begin with. But if I found myself in a situation where I couldn't stop my car and this is nighttime, there's not a lot of people around. I mean, pull up gently next to the Jersey wall and scrub some paint and then fucking jump out of the car <laughs> at any rate. Or I would have been doing some slalom down the road too to try to scrub speed off with with a turning motion. From the video, they just kept going perfectly in the lane as if, you know, whatever. So I don't, you know, I'm, does I'm that sure car they... does that car have a handle e brake or is it a like a push button e brake? It's electric. They talked, they talked about the e brake and he said it wasn't working. They also apparently had a parachute that they couldn't deploy for some reason or another. Oh, did you buy all this stuff on eBay? I mean, what do you expect? <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I imagine there's, there's a, there's a lot of panic that was probably going on. So I'm sure they're not thinking clearly about all their options. I mean, there was a lot of, oh my God, we got to get out. We got to get out. How do we get out going on? Nonetheless, eventually they, they creep the car to a stop. And then some of the other street racers, they were there that, you know, they came rushing up. They had these little baby fire extinguishers and they were trying to, you know, extinguish the flames that were now coming out of the hood. Oh, they were at VIR. <laughs> I, I will say at least a very intelligent thing happened at this point when someone said, don't open the hood. I mean, despite the fact that you probably couldn't touch the hood for how hot it was with, you know, flames shooting out from under it, but, you know, it would have been catastrophic to, it, to lift the hood and introduce all that oxygen and, and feed that fire. So thank goodness they didn't do that. Um, the second intelligent thing was, you know, one of the guys saying, well, I'm not going to go back and get my GoPro. You damn right. You shouldn't go back. The freaking car is on fire and gulped in flames at this point. But I mean, the footage, that's some pretty awesome footage. I mean, yeah. he did later, like you see him, he's holding the GoPro. So I guess it didn't. So kudos to a GoPro. It didn't melt. It, it did look like it had a little bit of damage, but it didn't, it didn't melt. So, and they had all this footage. So clearly the GoPro survived. So kudos to GoPro. But I mean, the, the video goes on for a while. You see what maybe was, they're saying, oh, the oh, tire just exploded. <laughs> like, and you see these big pops and stuff, which is probably possible with all the heat and flames coming out right there against the rubber, but total loss. I mean, I got one thing to say about that. Good luck on that insurance claim, bro. 
I mean, the it was always the the passenger talking. The I think the driver was shying away from incriminating himself on any of the video footage. It doesn't matter. That that car is. Oh, um, yes. It's uh, what it's gone viral now. It's in the public domain. Oh, oh yeah. It's well, on the interwebs. Sure, Someone I'm put sure it into the Microsoft. I'm sure the police had something to say when they showed up. At any rate, you know there was a good message. Well, I I, I don't you know perhaps the lesson here is not the street race. Yeah, damn right it is. Take your 1100 horsepower to your local track, folks, and do it safely. And don't overnight parts from Indonesia. <laughs> so moving on, just be, sticking with the theme, just because you can doesn't mean you should. We've got a public service announcement for you and anyone that goes to a car festival or a car show or a hot rod weekend at the beach, you know, like H2O in Ocean City. Don't be like this Dumfries, Virginia driver and shut down the Bay Bridge so you can do burnouts and donuts and all kinds of illegal activity in the middle of the day, you know, for, for the gram. Don't do that crap because you will get caught, you will get in trouble, and you could get seriously hurt if you do it. Um, so please don't be like this fool and, and do burnouts or anything illegal on the road. It's just not worth it. So you remember last month? when we talked about the DIY turbo kit on the Audi RS3. Do we remember how that ended? I especially remember the, my feet ain't going to do shit quote. I think Johnny Cash wrote a song about it, right? Going yeah. Down the burning blaze of fire. Exactly. So speaking of burning blazes of fire in car shows, <clears throat> we had a yet another entry come across our desk where you get to watch a twin turbo diesel pickup truck explode on the dyno as it's making 3000 horsepower. It is epic. And it's one of those things that is extremely interesting because diesel, I don't know, I don't want to go there. I'm going to leave that alone. It, it, it is something to behold. Again, another DIY, an example of a, another perfect DIY scenario that ends in a huge flaming dumpster fire. I mean, it's been a while since I watched that video, but I mean, that was, could have been catastrophic. I mean, parts were flying, if Correct. I recall, like people could have Correct. died. I mean, that was insane. It is epic. So if you are a diesel owner, always remember to watch your EGTs, uh, especially when you're making that kind of horsepower. Another person in Florida and a person in California who thinks it's a good idea to steal a police car and drive away in it. <laughs> Somebody's played too much Grand Theft Auto. The guy in California sure did. He was he impersonated himself as a police officer and went into like a was stopped at a gas station, something crazy, and then tried to. Um, actually, I don't think he stole a police car. He just was impersonating a police officer. Went into like a gas station rest stop, tried to like search somebody or something but they wouldn't let them and then there happened to be other cops there that showed up or like what's going on show us your badge and all this stuff obviously didn't have one so he ju jumps in his ford edge and goes on like a blazes down the road and he's in a hot pursuit or the cops are in a hot pursuit of him is he chasing him. himself because he's impersonating him right exactly <laughs> except he, he he like he almost gets away so they lose him 
And then the only reason wait, 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 wait. We got to stop for a second here because again, I, my imagination is still pretty good. So I'm envisioning certain things here. First of all, you said it's Ford white. Edge. It's a white Ford Edge, right? Because that well, is white. That, it was a gray one. Either way, that is like the uniform security guard's car of choice, right? So he already kind of had the look going for him. So it probably says like eagle eye security on the side of the thing or whatever. <laughs> And then you tell me, okay, he's in a Ford Edge. We're talking maybe, maybe the 2.3 liter, maybe the 2.5 liter normally aspirated four-cylinder or smaller. Could be the two liter out of the Focus, right? And you you want to tell me he almost lost the mighty Crown Vicks? Well, I don't know if they were Crown Vicks or they were um, Explorers. This, this stock photo, one of those Dodge Charger type. Oh, okay, um, even better with the Hemi. So, so, you know, he's so his bullet all over again. <laughs> so he drives away and like they throw out the spikes to get him. They didn't get him and he gets away. And so then the only was he got go, go gadget, like run flats. He got them run flats. <laughs> I don't know, because the only reason they called back up to him was because somebody called in a gray Ford edge that was going 80 or 90 miles an hour past the high school. And so then the cops began the pursuit again they tried the spikes a second time still got away from the spikes okay if if only he had turned on the yellow lights on the roof they wouldn't have stopped him right mall security it's like what's it paul blart (laughs) so then they deploy the spikes a third time what is this need for speed yeah, and we, we graduated from Grand Theft Auto. Either he got slowed down by the third set of spikes, or I don't know, because he con- was able to continue driving. And then finally, they like rammed him and then like flipped him over. <laughs> he wasn't hurt. Neither were the police officers. Oh, well, that's important. That is epic. Like, be- I am so confused. Like, all of this makes no sense. They always say, like, you can't outrun Motorola, except if you're in a Ford Edge. <laughs> just... No, but he didn't outrun him because the Karen caught him. <laughs> the Karen in the, the school pickup line. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, I'm so confused. Isn't everybody home from school right now? Why were they in the school parking lot? Again, this... It's a mystery wrapped in an enigma inside of a puzzle. It's like Westworld, okay? Testing. I don't know who was near the high school to see him drive by the high school. We, we maybe, I mean, the high school is probably in a neighborhood. So it was was the Karen next door. A lot of, there's, that's how it is down here, actually. You drive through a neighborhood, suddenly there's a school there, so it's plausible. Someone was out walking their dog and this Ford Edge goes by. You're like, whoa, what was that? At 30 miles an hour. I was going to say. More like 40. <laughs> what was that gray blob? Uh, and it's terrible. <laughs> That's what's going on in California this month. So, you know, I'm going to read this headline because I'm going to thank my local radio for giving me these nuggets periodically when I wake up in the morning. Combine crash. Man arrested for DUI after flipping farm equipment. So for anybody who doesn't know what a combine is, it's a gigantic harvester, essentially, okay? It's a gigantic piece of farm equipment. And this is a North Dakota man, okay? And I don't know much about farm equipment, but 
based on the picture of the flipped over combine, I could tell that it is John Deere and I could see the model number. So I looked it up. <laughs> so it's an S670 John Deere combine. Cause I was curious, like, how do you flip farm equipment? Cause I imagine they're pretty heavy. And so I want, I looked it up. So I want to know how much one weighs. So any guesses on how much you think a, a farm harvester combine? I'm going to go 50 tons. Ooh. I'm going to say 50 and a half. And the off. One dollar, Bob. One dollar. So, so that's high. That's very high. Okay. Was it like twenty-seven? You're getting closer. So, my research indicates that with attachment, um, so with the actual harvesting attachment on on the on the cab or on the tractor piece, I guess it weighs forty-one thousand one hundred and seventy-eight pounds. So twenty tons. And I believe, um, or no, sorry, that is with the attachment. So it's 20 tons with the attachment. If you take the attachment off, which based on the photo, either it was never on to begin with or it came off in the flipping, um, you drop two tons. So this person managed to flip 18 to 20 tons of metal in a field. In a field. I mean... Presumably, it was hard to tell where exactly he was. I, I got what I got one answer for this. How? How? I got one answer. One answer. Aliens. I would love. I wish there was a GoPro with this one. See, he he hit the nitrous button, and he didn't have the uh, the anti uh, pull up bars. He didn't have wheelie bars on his tractor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this reminded me of uh, cars where they go tractor tipping. You know. <laughs> I love the fact that he was driving the combine because they revoked his driver's license from an earlier DUI. I mean, don't drink and drive, people. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe he ran over the attachment part with the tractor and then he flipped it over. I mean, that's so. I mean, you're in the middle of a field. What the hell? So he was he was there? pulling a grave digger, <laughs> or or he discovered a landmine left over from World War II. <laughs> See, the, the tractor looked pretty, or the combine looked pretty intact. So I, I'm just giving you, I'm giving you possibilities for an unexplainable scenario here. Okay, <laughs> your alien scenario sounds the best so far. Do 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 do. I can see Giorgio Sukalos now. All right, it's so, aliens. So was were Mulder and Scully there? Was he making crop circles? They, they couldn't tell us if they were there, so we'll just go sure. with it. And how many G's does one of those things can it sustain at full turn? How many? G's Probably more than an eighty-four Camaro. How many? <laughs> how many G's does it sustain flipping over? Oh my God! Goodness gracious! So Did it go win with... the eighty-four handling contest? <laughs> Solid axle. Let's go a little further north. And, and kind of show that it's not just our friends in Florida or North Dakota or Michigan that do crazy things. But, you know, I'm disappointed by this next one because I, I, I tend to hold our northern neighbors in pretty high regard. There's some, there's some top-notch folk that I've met coming out of Canada. But such is life. <laughs> there's always one that ruins it for the rest of us. And in this case, they're giving self-driving cars a really bad rap. So a Canadian driver of a Tesla was found asleep at the wheel during 150 kilometers an hour. So for us south of the border, that's more or less 90 miles an hour. 
They were on a Canadian highway where most speed limits are 110 kilometers an hour or 70 miles an hour. So obviously this is incredibly reckless and not at all how Tesla autopilot is intended to be used. So soapbox time, wake up fools of the world. All right, this stuff isn't fully autonomous, okay? You cannot go to sleep and not expect to rear end a slow moving tractor trailer and die. Okay, stop it. Oh, brutal. Stop. All right, off the soapbox. So the best part, the driver had the seat fully reclined and not just the driver, but there was a passenger as well. So there are two fools in this story. Were the tray tables down also? You need to be in your upright and locked position at all times. I want to know what candle scent he was using. 100%. It's called moose tracks. And I have to say, I've got an argument or I've got an issue with the self-driving car part. There's no such thing as a self-driving car. There are cars with self-driving capabilities, but there's no such thing as a self-driving car. No, and it's and it's and it, and it irks me because it's really not even. It shouldn't even be called self-driving. We should be calling it driver assistance because until these things become fully autonomous, then they will be self-driving. But well, for this one, this one is called sleep aids. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a confusing part to the article, and I want to see what you guys think. So I'm going to read it verbatim. Okay, the car appeared to be self-driving, traveling over 140 kilometers an hour with both front seats completely reclined and both occupants appearing to be asleep. After the police flashed their lights, the Tesla electric vehicle reportedly sped up to exactly 150 kilometers an hour, according to the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. I'm really confused about what the, why did it accelerate? I don't understand. So it turned into a getaway car? <laughs> but it, is 90 miles an hour a high-speed chase in, in Alberta? I, I, I have no idea. Like, I literally had to read that several times. I don't understand why they even mention it. But at any rate, apparently, maybe it is a self-driving Tesla. They wanted to get away. It's fully autonomous. But I'm going to go with aliens, Alex, for the win. 200. Is this, so did the combine flip over trying to avoid a driverless car maybe coming down got, the highway? Maybe he got scared seeing nobody in the car and the car going down the road. Was it a self-driving combine? Ooh, hmm. So nonetheless, this driver was charged for speeding, given a 24-hour license suspension um, for driving while fatigued. And further was slapped with dangerous driving charges for which they have to appear in court. So all uh, deserved fail at life. I'm sorry, honey. I can't drive tonight. I'm too fatigued. When are, so real quick, when are we breaking this up for the bike trail one? I saw Brad's name next to it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. You'll, you'll, you can put it back in whatever order. Oh, I, I just didn't know because it looked you skipped over it. So I just I didn't know if you wanted to break up the conversation. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. I, I moved it there, but then I was looking at my other notes where I didn't have it in there. So we talked earlier about off-roaders. We talked about the Bronco. We talked about the Jeeps. We, I talked a little bit about the new Range Rover Defender that's coming out that I don't know anything about. But let's talk about off-roading in general and something that you're not supposed to do when you go off-roading. And one thing you're not supposed to do is drive down a hiking or bike trail. And in California, one driver figured that out the hard way. There's an article on the drive about a California man, not a Florida man or a Michigan man or a South Dakota or Alberta man, 
that took his Jeep Wrangler. It looks fairly stock. You know, looking at it, it looks like he's got big tires, and, and that's, you know, pretty much it. Not too much else going on here. And he drove up a bike trail uh, near Loma Linda on the, it looks like the West Ridge Trail. And there's a part of the trail where it gets super narrow. And on either side of this, what looks to be like a maybe three or four foot trail, maybe five foot trail, it's just drop on either side. And this guy or girl, you know, there's off-roading women as well, got this car stuck, freaked the F out and just rolled. Now there's a Jeep just parked on top of this bike trail on top of a mountain. uh, And it's just there. Uh, So there's talk. How are we going to get it out? People have suggested use a helicopter, you know, and go in and lift it out. That's really the only way Uh, they could get a couple other Jeep people to drive illegally to get to it and then try and haul it out. Anything like that is probably going to upset the balance and it's probably going to end up falling down. And if any winch is attached, it's probably going to end up taking the recovery vehicle with it. So if you're looking for a Jeep and you're up for a challenge, please go to Loma Linda to the West Ridge bike trail and hiking trail and see if you can get one. As far as we know, it's still there. I can't wait when that guy gets the bill from the police having to helicopter that car out of there. That's going to be bonkers. I can't wait to see all the like stomping boot prints and everything from all the hikers that are mad that it's in their way because he's blocking the box. What are you talking about? The selfie potential here? (laughs) True, true. I mean, who wants to take a trip with me to California? Moving on to a follow-up update from the story we had last month about the stranded Jeep in California. Ford, you know, someone really intelligent at Ford decided to reach out to this Jeep owner and ask if he needed some help. Someone at Ford, you know, reached out, sent the guy an email, and the guy confirmed uh, that he was contacted by Ford, and they were going to rescue the Jeep for him. He did not take them up on their offer, and instead his Jeep was recovered by a huge group of Jeepers and people with pickup trucks, and even a helicopter came out to get in on the fun. So Ford tried. It was a great publicity stunt had they been able to do it. But unfortunately, the owner of the Jeep did not take him up on it. Well, I heard they, he turned him down because they offered to pull him out with a Bronco. And he would have well, been too embarrassed. That, uh, allegedly, they, they were talking about pulling him out with a Bronco. But I'm, I'm sure Ford probably would have sent some big tractor or something to go out there and get him or whatever. It would have been great for a photo op. It would have been excellent advertising had they been able to do it. But I guess they just it wasn't in the cards. Regardless, someone give that man or woman at Ford a raise. Yes. Agreed. Brilliant. Was it good? Hey, but was it going to be the Sasquatch edition? That's what I want to know. Man, if they were really bold, they would have pulled out their test EV F-150. That's right. Sent it. So speaking of cars falling off of things. Yes. So a Michigan man. Oh, God. Back to the great state of Michigan. A 26-year-old Michigan man pulled what reporters called a Dukes of Hazard over the Fort Street drawbridge in Detroit. Reports say the bridge began to rise. The man gunned it in his Dodge sedan. It's unclear how wide the opening was at this point, but he nonetheless made it to the other side. And despite what one may have seen in the Dukes of Hazard show, the man did not keep speeding away. He blew out all four tires on landing and then smashed into the safety gate on the other side. <laughs> In his Dodge Stratus. <laughs> I mean, oh God. 
Well, that's why he blew everything out. He did it with the wrong car. He needed a charger. A hundred percent. Was it or was his Stratus orange? I was hoping there was more information on the car, but they just left it at Dodge Sedan, aka Neon. <laughs> Wait, do combines float? <laughs> oh my God! Ugh. Next what? month, combine tried to be taken across Detroit Drawbridge. <laughs> so the combine was used to pull the jeep off of the bike trail. So I mean, it's it, again, That's it's all. Common. Oh wait, it wasn't California though. Dang. Alien abductions. It's it's always aliens. <laughs> well, probably very little known Nissan 300ZX Turbo commercial that unless you were watching the Super Bowl back in 1990, you probably missed this little gem because that was the first and the last time that that uh, commercial was ever shown. And and it's not because it was you know, a terrible commercial. I mean, it's very bizarre. (laughs) Um, And maybe fit in with 1990. I I don't know. I mean, it's, it's this guy in his 300 ZX turbo and he's dreaming. And for some unknown reason, he's on some random deserted desert road and he's being chased by a motorcycle and then some bizarre looking prototype and then a plane. And then, and then the plane is trying to catch him, but as he says, just as they're about to catch me, the twin turbos kick in. And he like skyrockets off some ramp or some crap like this, like off the hill in the road. I mean, it's bizarre. It makes zero sense. It's very dystopian, Mad Max-ish. The reason why it was never ever showed again is apparently the Insurance Institute got very upset uh, because apparently it was it was just glorifying speeding, and it's like, really, have you seen a car movie or any other car commercial? <laughs> no, it just exemplified everything that Ridley Scott put his hands on. So if you've watched Aliens, if you've watched, um, oh, why can't I think of the name of? Can you do Blade Runner? Blade Runner, yes. If you've watched Aliens, if you've watched Blade Runner, you, you what you describe, dystopian, makes no sense, the whole thing, that is, you've summarized everything he's ever put his hands on. So to me, when I saw this, I wasn't shocked, but I was, I was in awe of what I had seen, though. So I recommend people definitely check it out. What they didn't show at the end of that video is after the twin turbos kick in, the motor blows up and he stops <laughs> at a crawl. It, it did remind me of the gentleman that jumped the bridge in Detroit last month as he came off of that ramp. I think all four tires were blown out and uh, that motor was on the ground. Send it. I wonder 100%. how many 300ZX were destroyed in the making of that commercial. But anyway. Uh, not enough. <laughs> So last month, we talked about a cr- our crazy northern neighbor who thought it was all right to, you know, recline the seat in your Tesla, stick that sucker in autopilot, and just cruise on down the road. Well, there was a the headline about watching a clip of a Tesla Model 3 failing an automatic emergency brake test that is hilarious. And so it caught my attention, of course, um, from our friends at Jalopnik. And so I clicked into it, and it's really... I mean, it's, it's a little bit of clickbait, if you will, because the whole self-driving automatic braking is not a Tesla unique thing. Um, it's, 
it's across a lot of different manufacturers are trying to roll out this technology. Tesla really likes to beat their drum on it and claim a little bit falsely about how autonomous their quote self-driving is when the, the fact of the matter is nobody has 100% autonomous self-driving vehicles right now. The technology is not robust enough yet. And so obviously all these manufacturers have to do tests and whatnot. And, and um, speaking of robots, they use dummies um, that kind of, they got rails in the ground and they got a little dummy that like shoots across and then there's a car coming and the car with these automatic brake features is supposed to stop, right? But no, I mean, it is it's funny, poor dummy, you know? Um, I mean, it obliterates the dummy. I mean, it looked like 10 pin bowling. I mean, it was like everywhere. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and not to, to beat on Tesla because there was another clip or, or screenshot of a Honda um, and it obliterated the dummy as well. So, I mean, it's not, again, it's not a Tesla only problem. It's a technology ready problem. I mean, it's not ready. But the article also interestingly had another video embedded in it that is from the European new car assessment program where they were doing a series of automatic brake tests with Volkswagen, uh, Mercedes, Volvo, and Ford sedans. And they, and it was really, it was really interesting in video. Um, it makes you think, it makes your heart skip a beat sometimes. Um, but they kind of did two tests um, with, with each set of the cars. One was they had an adult mannequin um, with an unobstructed view for the, for the car that crosses out in front of the path of the car and they tested you know, whether the car is stopped or not. In that scenario, none of the mannequins were struck. All the cars did stop. Um, however, if I had been in the car in that same situation, I would have stopped way earlier than what the automatic braking system did because I have eyes and a brain or, you know, I don't know, maybe they're just programmed with a, a smaller tolerance. I personally wouldn't stop within inches of a human being, especially if I can see them, like I would have already been slowing down and stopped. So, I mean, there were what I would have considered close calls. All the cars basically panic stopped. And I don't think if, you know, if you're paying attention while driving and that's what you should be doing, you know, there's no reason to panic stop when you see a pedestrian crossing in front of you. Okay, then they did the child test. So they had a smaller mannequin and they had an obstructed view. So basically they parked um, a series of cars kind of as if you were going down a street and there were cars parked along, along the curbing. And then, and then the child kind of came out from in front of those cars and crossed the path of the test vehicle. Unfortunately for the child mannequin, um, one of the multiple runs they did with the Mercedes, the Mercedes struck the mannequin a little bit didn't obliterate it the leg just kind of fell off which i mean in the real world none of this is okay <laughs> um we're just kind of making light of it here but um we just hit them a little bit <laughs> but you know what it but you know what is okay playing it in slow motion while listening to chariots of fire and then it becomes extremely entertaining it's barely oh a flesh God. wound um so they didn't show any other impact so presumably the other test runs um, were fine. The none of the the, the Volvo, um, the the VW, they didn't hit any of the mannequins. I will say from the footage, the VW appeared to stop with the largest gap in front of the mannequins versus the Volvo and the Mercedes. And I don't know why, for whatever reason, there wasn't a Ford Fusion that was shown on the child obstructed view. Maybe it never stopped, and that's the reason. Hashtag cars and coffee. I don't know. <laughs> so I've got a philosophical question for you. What do you think is easier, an easier problem to solve? T 
teaching these cars to stop for these obstructions using the LIDAR and the radar and whatever, or teaching these morons not to walk out into the street in front of a moving car. Which one do you think is easier? That is a very difficult question. <laughs> I mean, it goes back to the whole joke about astronauts in space and writing instruments, right? We spent a gajillion dollars to design a pen that worked in zero gravity and the Russians took pencils, right? It's the same simplicity principle. So yeah, I agree. We need to spend more time teaching people A, how to drive better and B, to be more aware and get off of their phones and whatever as they're walking around. And kids are kids, right? Kids are hard. Being a parent, they're, they're, they're rambunctious. They are not aware. They, they think they're alone in their own little world, in their own little bubble. So you have to be extra vigilant and extra careful. But as adults, if you don't know to look both ways, I don't know. There's a lot to be said there, then right? You shouldn't be driving. <laughs> exactly. You should be walking, you mean? Yeah. You shouldn't be driving or walking. You should be home in your bubble. But speaking of people that don't look ahead while they're driving. In Kentucky, Kentucky man or woman, we don't really know, decides to try and run over a nine foot tall snowman during a recent snowstorm. And what do you think happened? Who won, Frosty or the driver? <laughs> I'm going to tell you Frosty won because Frosty had a secret weapon. He had wood. He was built over a tree stump in the middle of this guy's yard. And I don't know what happened. To, no, they never caught the, uh, the person affected by the instant karma. Um, but apparently this guy did not like this snowman, this nine foot tall snowman, and decided to try to take it out with a pick him up truck. And he lost. Dang. So, like, did he leave? The truck there damaged the truck. Do we know? No, the owner of the property built the snowman in the morning, I guess, or the night before, and then went back after work, you know, the next night. And there was the, the tree trunk was exposed. Frosty was still standing there, and there were truck marks or tire marks leading up to Frosty. Wow. Frosty won, though. I mean, I think the big question is what compels a person? <laughs> You know, but I think we'll leave that open ended for our listeners to answer for themselves. But, you know, if you if you've taken part in in running over snowmen, I would be really curious to know why. So right right in, uh, you know, send me a DM on that one. <laughs> so we would be remiss again, not having a Florida man to comment on. Oh, boy. And of course, a headline like Florida man makes scooter with mop bucket and leaf blower. You have, to, <laughs> you have to click on that. I mean, it very well might be clickbait, but you have to click on it, right? Um, and so I did. Harley, take note. And okay, so first of all, I want to say that leaf blower is forced induction, all right? I want to. That is some turbocharged action right there. Wait, I didn't look. Is it a Ryobi? Is it a Ryobi 18 volt? No, no. This this is this is horrible. Like <laughs> video, there's a video to watch. And I mean, definitely watch the video. Um, but this whole thing is absurd and it's fake. I mean, hundred percent. What a publicity stunt. Let's be real. There's so many things wrong. Why this isn't gonna work. Um, I mean, the still <laughs> images are freaking ridiculous if you look at them. And, and again, the, the video, I definitely recommend it. But let's walk through it. First of all, the video starts 
the man and we're talking like the yellow janitorial mop bucket right we, we've all seen them <laughs> on caster wheels okay the video starts the man takes his mop bucket and he dumps the water out from it then suddenly though the mop bucket the caster wheels are gone and it's sitting on a skateboard okay <laughs> next the magic of hollywood magic of hollywood this is why this is all fake but it gets better because next he's holding the leaf blower, which appears turbo turbo charger, which appears to me to be in a plug to be a plug in electric type blower. Okay, okay, wasn't gas pack, <laughs> wasn't battery, was no Ryobi. Okay, no fucking Dewalt. He pull starts it, and you have sound effects as if there's a gas engine running. Okay. No, no, nothing started when he, whatever he pulled. Okay. Now the umbrella, he's holding an umbrella out in front of him. Unless this is a NASA developed umbrella. Okay. Have y'all ever used an umbrella in the wind? It takes approximately 2.0 seconds for it to flip the other way when there's um, a little bit of wind. So how the hell is he, uh, uh, if the leaf blower was even running, how, how is the umbrella even stable? Okay. I call bullshit. <laughs> All right. I, th- I think we found a new form of racing here. And then, and, and maybe, but and then this just cheap, like Walmart brand looking electric plug-in blower that's operating off magic right now because it's not plugged into anything how the hell do you expect it to to propel a 200 pound some odd man or something across the road when you can barely sometimes push leaf clippings or grass clippings in your yard with the leaf blower but yet he propelled himself with the leaf blower that's not plugged in with the umbrella i mean florida you don't need to make the stuff up. It already comes naturally. <laughs> but thank you, nonetheless. I mean, it was, it's amusing. I mean, watch it. I mean, oh, I know every, it, no, every time I look at this, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Stop poking holes. <laughs> I mean, the still pictures, you're like, okay. And then you watch the little, the video and you're like, yeah, okay. I mean, great job. Fun video. Oh. I'm sure people were staring at you. Florida man does Florida man things. <laughs> well, let's talk about Michigan men because they're a special breed too. I've got to say move over Toyota Hilux because the terrorists of the world have a new preferred vehicle. It is the PT Cruiser. There's a video out there that was posted on Jalopnik on October 19th of a group of terrorists in Michigan. They're called the Wolverine Watchmen and they were developing a plan to kidnap the governor of Michigan. I guess they have, you know, differing political views and they thought the best way to handle it was to, instead of getting out there and vote, they would get out there and kidnap. And their vehicle of choice was a PT cruiser. The video is actually quite interesting. These men are getting out, I guess they're doing some sort of military drill where they drive up and they stop the BT cruiser. They get out of all four doors and they just start shooting into somewhere. I don't know why they're just wasting ammo for the sake of wasting ammo. But yeah, so Toyota Hilux is no longer the preferred vehicle of our terrorists. It's the PT cruiser. Did you get rid of the, the dude filming himself shooting? Oh, cause that would have gone so well with this. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that kentucky man had a differing political view with snowmen maybe global warming 
Oh my God. <laughs> All right. So back, let's go back down South to Florida for a hot second. So Florida man and woman quote, obviously racing. So it was reported that two people were traveling at high rates of speed in and out of traffic and trying to pass each other. Now I'm going to ask gentlemen, Let's have some guesses here. Now, we don't know what the woman was driving or the man was driving, but what two cars do you think were involved in this obviously racing scenario? Oh, one of them has to be a 1999 Dodge Caravan. I am thinking a Pontiac Sunfire with one headlight and a dent in the passenger door. And then a Dodge Intrepid. No, with no. The it, other headlight. It's gonna out. be. No it's favorite. gonna be a. It's gonna be a late '90s, early 2000s Corolla, automatic, and a. I'm thinking, it's a, it's a, they're they're obviously racing on the highway, and and an HHR just because I want it to be an HHR. I actually think it's a Cadillac Cimarron. And a Cadillac Cimarron. <laughs> you found the last two in existence. Beck Racer Cimarron. Now, did you think that Cimarron can get over 100 miles an hour? Doubtful. 100 kilometers per hour. <laughs> so they were traveling in speeds of excess of 100 miles an hour, apparently. I think you will be surprised with the two cars based on your guesses that were dead wrong. It was, in fact. A Yugo. A 1991 Eagle Talon. What? At 108 miles an hour and a 2013 Subaru Impreza at 117 miles an hour. I, I, you know what? You know what? Mad props to the Eagle Talon. That's all I'm going to say. For right? still running. Right? <laughs> That's the true gem of this story was the Eagle Talon. 100%. Because the, the, the 117 is not impressive with the Subaru. That's actually pretty sad. But that Eagle, that's good stuff right there. Especially so for early 90s. Which, which person was driving which? We don't know. They didn't say. I think the woman was driving the Talon. I'm with you on that. <laughs> I don't know why, but I am. And on that... So, um, so we'll, we'll round out the last two with a little bit lighter, um, less, less serious and, and, and fun things. So I learned very recently that apparently Shaq, Mr. Shaquille O'Neal, is going to be executive producer and star in an animated comedy for kids called Shaq's Garage. So I really didn't know that Apparently, Shaq must be a bit of a car enthusiast, so so interesting to him. Um, the show follows the secret adventures of the NBA Legends collection of animated cars and trucks, all of which have unique abilities from super spying to language to music. The lead vehicle is named Big Diesel and will be voiced by Shaq. Through comedy and adventure, the show will showcase strong and diverse characters as positive role models with purposeful storytelling. This is going to be a special show that touches every button, music, adventure, humor, and positive, prideful messaging for kids. That's kind of nice. So hopefully, it, and from the animation, it actually looks a lot, um, very much like Cars, the the cartoon movie. Um, so, I mean, it's nice to, to see something that, that's, that's fun and positive messaging in the world, especially for little kids. I hope he's successful with that endeavor. 
Um, and did you want oh, to say I was going to say, oh, no, go continue your thought. No, go ahead. Well, so, we, go ahead. so to Shaq's credit, I actually wrote about him in an article at, right after uh, season two of Car Masters came out, the Rust to Riches uh, series there, which was, or, sorry, <clears throat> season two of Car Masters, which is known as the Upgrade and Trade season. And they talked about a kit car known as the Vader, which is built on a G35 Infinity. Shaq happens to own one of those. So, and I actually have a picture of him in his Vader in that article. So I think he is a bit of a car guy. Um, obviously that's a specialty car. It's obviously a kit car, but I would be very curious to know what else is in Shaq's garage. So kind of cool to know that he is a bit of a petrol head. Did they say where this show is going to be, I guess, broadcast? I didn't see it. I don't. I don't think I saw the it Cartoon Network with a K. Yes, Cartoon Channel, Cartoon with a K. So I do not know where that is. What what service that is, or I mean, uh, I'd check it out. It sounds fun to me. It does. But let's talk about real fun because we are getting dangerously close to Halloween. Yes, we are. We are at time of this recording, fast approaching the witching hour otherwise known as Halloween, and 2020 has been quite the year so far, and unfortunately I think threatens typical Halloween trick-or-treating and other activities all across the country. Um, and if you recall, a few months ago, we reported on a drive-through Halloween experience that was coming to Florida. And we have one more piece of random news before we close out. And it, it, it's a future Florida man story. Yes, this is. Folks, we are going back to Florida on this one. I could not pass up this article when I saw the headline. It's new drive-through Halloween experience coming to Orlando this fall. And I'm just going to go and quote directly the Orlando Weekly. At a time when most Halloween events are canceling on 2020 completely, a group of Central Florida creatives is hosting a drive-through experience to scare the crap out of you in the safety of your own car. The quote, Haunted Road, bills itself as Orlando's first immersive, completely contactless drive-through Halloween experience. They plan to tell an original theatrical story through twisted creatures and quote, unexpected scares in every drive-through scene. I love this and I'm extremely worried. <laughs> about the execution of this <laughs> if, if if there's one thing that i loved or that i love it's being scared while behind the wheels of an automobile i just love that it's just amazing i can't wait for the florida man stories to come out of this i mean how many how, what's the over under on how many people are going to get killed in crowd control well, it's going to look like that group b rally documentary that i watched and then some genius because you're probably going to do this with your headlights off, is going to have a candle in their car because they can't see where the hell they're going. So it's a win across the board. I, stay, stay tuned, folks, for more, more on this story. <laughs> I can't even imagine. All I know is that when I, I like haunted houses and haunted forests and all those things, sign me up. I won't watch a scary movie, but I will go walk through a haunted forest. It makes complete sense. Mm -hmm. But I will say that I instinctually take off running at the sound of chainsaws. So I do not know what would happen if I'm in my car. And I hear a bunch of chainsaws going on. It's just oh, I know what would happen. It would look like you ever seen those Florida flea markets where the, where the guy like drives right in there. I mean, 
I'm sorry. It's not funny, but it is. <laughs> I mean, I, I sincerely hope that it goes off safely and it's a great production. It could be a lot of fun. I'm waiting for the YouTube videos on this one. I am ecstatic. Well, I, I don't think this is something that I can go to. Being somebody that has been thrown out of a Six Flags for pushing somebody at one of these Halloween events, uh, I probably will not be going to this. <laughs> And folks, it is here and it's still running through November 7th. So if you find yourself in or are from Orlando area, the Orlando area, you know, go check this out. It seems like it's probably going to be a pretty cool thing. Um, There's no bad things to report here, just reporting on this, you know, um, this activity. So just want to give a shout out to what seems like a really cool idea. I wish I could go on something like this. Um, I love haunted houses and Halloween and all that. Um, it looks pretty cool. That's it. I will say looking back, we did make fun of it a little bit, but putting on our COVID goggles, this drive-through trick-or-treat Halloween experience makes a lot of sense. And I will say tune in to our November drive-through for Florida man runs over vampire and werewolf. <laughs> so I, I was curious and I did go on their website thehauntedroad.com and you can and they list kind of out all their safety features and this that and the other and so basically um, they, they've I think they've thought of that so they said that as you're driving the car through this attraction um, nobody is going to be interacting with you so it's kind of like a point A to B to C to D kind of thing and then you, you kind of drive up to the the scene or the scenario or whatever and then that's where the interaction happens in your park to put your car in park and this, that, and the other. And then while you're moving from one um, checkpoint or scene to the next, you, you, the speed limit's five miles an hour and all this stuff. And all the performers are, are wearing masks and complying with, you know, um, COVID recommendations. And same thing, if you're in your car and your windows are up, you're fine. If you have your windows down, they ask that you do also please wear masks, et cetera, et cetera. So apparently there's also a like super scary experience for um, like certain age group or whatever. It costs like way extra. So I'm not sure what you're getting out of that, but it's like- It's, it's called carjacking. That's what the- <laughs> I, I know it's like an extra 80 bucks or something to go on like the, the ultimate experience or something. I'm like, whoa. It's to pay the tow truck drivers. So you can get it at a hawk later. Yeah, I don't know. I want to throw out a challenge to any of our listeners who may be in that area who decide to go to this. Please put a GoPro on the top of your car. We would love to see footage from it. 100%. 100%. Well, folks, it's time to wrap things up. So our last Florida man on here actually isn't a Florida man, but a Michigan woman who sets her boyfriend's Jeep on fire. I'd say ex-boyfriend. Yes, at this point, uh, I, I do believe that would be accurate. I also think, um, you know, that this one could be retitled Michigan Woman Reenacts Waiting to Exhale in Apartment Parking Lot. Because I'm going to go out on a limb here. Angela Bassett fan has the Waiting to Exhale DVD extended cut and not too big on science. Uh, you know, thankfully no one was seriously injured. The boyfriend was not, or the ex-boyfriend was not in the car, was not in the Jeep. Um, I mean, the arsonist, no doubt, bumps and bruises and some burns, um, but nothing that was reported as life-threatening. Did they use a candle? (laughs) There's a common theme here. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, if you haven't seen the video because somebody in like the another apartment building <laughs> videoed the whole thing on their phone, so it, it's 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 spectacular. It's a definitely a what did I just watch moment. It's out there. Go look at it. I mean, she doused the interior of the Jeep with gasoline, and then she sticks a stick lighter inside to light it presumably thinking that it's just going to gently light maybe like the candle that's what the movies show us the movies show us the gasoline lights nice and slow and just takes a trail yeah no except in reality what happens is all those the vapors ignite first and create a blast that sends you rocketing into the parked uh car that's right next to the jeep as is what happened she slammed into it like wwe i mean it was incredible i mean she quickly picked up all her things and scampered off as the video showed um craziness in in michigan florida man michigan woman there you go so speaking of craziness i think now it's time for us to order up a side of golden nuggets what do you guys think anyway so that was that was fun but the hits keep on coming the hits keep on coming anyway Woo, that is just, wow, so much Florida. So much Florida action there. <laughs> the more you know. Do, 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 do. <laughs> well, here we are in the drive through line. Me and her, cars in front of us, cars in back of us, all just waiting to order. There's some idiot in a Volvo with his bright sun behind me. I lean out the window and scream, hey, whatcha trying to do blind me? My wife says maybe we should pass. If you like what you've heard and want to learn more about GTM, be sure to check us out on www.gtmotorsports.org. You can also find us on Instagram at Grand Touring Motorsports. Also, if you want to get involved or have suggestions for future shows, you can call or text us at 202-630-1770 or send us an email at crewchief at gtmotorsports.org. We'd love to hear from you. Hey listeners, Crew Chief Eric here. Do you like what you've seen, heard, and read from GTM? Great, so do we, and we have a lot of fun doing it. But please remember, we're fueled by volunteers and remain a no annual fee organization, but we still need help to keep the momentum going so that we can continue to record, write, edit, and broadcast all of your favorite content. So be sure to visit www.patreon.com forward slash GT Motorsports or visit our website and click in the top right corner on the support and donate to learn how you can help.